This podcast is brought to you by FunDreamer, a global crowdfunding platform focused on social good, promoting women and diversity-led projects. Keep everything you raise, cash out anytime, accepting 139 currencies plus Bitcoin with flexible crowdfunding timelines. Check it out at FunDreamer.com. I'm sitting down today with Ben Berkowitz, who is the founder and CEO of cclickfix.com. He's also a friend of mine. And uh, true story. And we decided to um, hang out and do this talk. Tell me a little bit about cclickfix. Sure. So cclickfix is a service request platform for citizens to document things that are broken in the public space. Uh, What's unique about cclickfix is that we can route your issue, the thing you are concerned about in your neighborhood, to any government official or anyone who is concerned about the problem in the public space as well. Uh, And we can do that anywhere in the world. um, And we have done that most places in the world. Uh, It was born here in New Haven out of my own personal frustration. I was trying to communicate with City Hall about a piece of graffiti on a neighbor's building. It was true vandalism and it was offensive. Uh, It was not Banksy or Shepard Ferry or the next Banksy or Shepard Ferry. It was just vandalism that needed to be removed from the building. And um, while leaving voicemails, endless voicemails for City Hall had this idea that maybe there was another way to solve this communication problem I was having, and so that's kind of how C-Click-Fix was born. Did the graffiti ever get removed? The graffiti got removed, and three months after we launched C-Click-Fix, a guy went down our street, scribbled his name, his tag on 15 different buildings. I went out and posted every single issue. And on Say Quick Fix, I, you know, documented the the graffiti. And uh, within a few hours, officials representing the city had come out and started to clean up the graffiti. Um, So not only did that get graffiti get removed, but many more graffiti got removed. That's amazing. You launched in three months, it sounds like. So you you just worked in Agile. You got the MVP up and running. Yep. I don't Um, think those were terms back then, but that was true. (laughs) But (laughs) that's what you did. What was the biggest challenge during the launch? Um, I think technically we had the wind in our sails because we were working off the Google Maps API. We all had engineering and design experience, and we generally understood what the problem was and had a good idea of what the solution looked like. We were very conscious to make sure that the solution was something that anyone anywhere in the world could use. The largest technical hurdle and kind of the unique thing that we still do today is we wanted to make sure that we weren't just creating another place on the internet where people could gripe, but we wanted to create a constructive place where problems were being solved. And so actually creating an alerting system that worked based on geospatial boundaries was actually pretty challenging. Figuring out the right algorithm initially and then the right software to use to route the issues was complex. We had a prototype for documenting issues within you know a few hours, but it took us a couple months to get to the point of being able to send an email to a city official to say, hey, there is a pothole at this address, right? How many cities are you in exactly? Because I know you guys are kind of global, right? Yeah. So platform's been used everywhere. I mean, tens of thousands of communities. We are the official digital interface and system of record for about 300 towns and cities. Most of them are domestic, but some are international. Uh, So anybody can report a problem on C-ClickFix. Anybody can receive an alert. Uh, based on that area that they're following. But there is a whole group of cities, and this is how we keep our business afloat, uh, that pay us a recurring software license to uh, use the tool for internal communication, for workflow, for responding back to the citizens in a structured way. 
uh, for receiving the data in a structured way, for uh, being able to generate reports on the data, to be able to see, hey, how quickly are we closing pothole requests in the month of June, right? And so all of those tools that the government are using uh, to make this their primary interface are the things that are supporting our business, and there's 300 of those clients. There's a lot of inefficiencies in government, and there's a lot of inefficiencies in community, and you kind of bridge the two gaps. Um, Absolutely. You know, you figured out a need, which is what your initial need was, and that's how good companies are born, because you have a problem and you figure out a solution. What advice do you have for people who are launching a startup? And if they're thinking globally, what can you share? Sure. I think you touched on something interesting there, which is that we found ourselves at the intersection of government and local media and citizen need and built a new platform for those folks to communicate with each other on equal grounds. I think when you're creating something new as an outsider, the opportunity is to create something at the boundaries of a specific industry where that industry touches other industries or a larger group of consumers than they had typically interacted with. And so I think, you know, when you're looking for opportunities or for startups looking for opportunities at the intersections of things that might not typically be related or where people have typically not seen eye to eye and trying to find ways to get people to talk on even terms is a big one. What's the biggest problem that you have solved? I think about what's happened here in New Haven and that it's hard not to think about just the aggregate of more than 20,000 citizens who have commented on an issue or reported an issue and think about what that adds up to, right? We've seen correlations with drops in crime overall as the platform has been introduced into the city. But then, you know, I can also point to individual anecdotes. The Ninth Square itself, where our office is, is very different in the surrounding neighborhood because of the feedback the citizens have given in C-Click Fix. You know, very much like down to very granular things like the directionality of a streetlight pointing into someone's bedroom, right? Something that like could be incredibly frustrating for a few people, but like, is it newsworthy? No. But may it cause you to leave a neighborhood? Yeah, it could. And up to things like people figuring out where the best location for a dog park is, ideating on how to light up a highway overpass that had never been lit up previously because of jurisdiction issues with Amtrak. I mean, all sorts of things that really great on like your ability to enjoy a city have been removed or solved in a way that has made New Haven more frictionless for citizens to move around and enjoy the public space, right? And, you know, graffiti is probably one of the smaller issues, less least reported issues on the site. The most reported issue is illegal dumping. That's a huge environmental problem. It creates serious blight. It makes people feel like their government's not listening, their neighbors don't care. And, you know, there's been hundreds of thousands of people who've reported illegal dumping on the site. And total, nearly 3 million issues have been reported on the site. 85% of them have been fixed, right? So every one of those issues has been seen by more than that individual who reported it. And it's had a, you know, really impactful effect on the population who's watching how their government and their neighbors are, like, really responding to the concerns of individuals at block level. My brain is initially going into, oh, my God, it'd be so interesting to see the data for each town, exactly what mm -hmm. their problems are all yeah. across America. Well, so a lot of people agree with you. We agree with you. And that's why when we started, we decided the data would be open. We would not sell the data. Obviously, the personally identifiable information is not open, but the data about the requests themselves is fully open. It's accessible through an API and many academics as well as other uh, software companies um, with business interests have leveraged the data to generate insights about is one neighborhood engaged 
engaging more than another neighborhood is one neighborhood being engaged with differently by a city department than another. Um, all of these kind of questions that people have wondered about the equity of government, right, or um, the inclusion, digital inclusion of different communities. Like, all of those things can be answered pretty fairly if you look at, like, the data that's pulled from C-Click Fix in a town like New Haven or a town like Oakland or a town like Detroit, um, where you have real income disparities, race disparity. And, yeah, so it's fascinating, and it's been really interesting to watch what people are curious about and how they answer it with the data. That's why I really love New Haven. It's such a cultural melting pot, and we both grew up here as kids. We both used to hang out in New Haven before it was gentrified, dare I use that word. And I just came here because they had the tune-in, so I would just be here hanging out for the music. And it's really amazing to see everything grow. There are tons of little cities like this all around America, whether it's Detroit, whether Mm -hmm. it's... Atlanta, there's a lot of little pockets of rejuvenation. Like Bridgeport, I look at Bridgeport all the time and I see all these factories right. and I and go, why? I think why? rejuvenation is a better word than right? gentrification in the case of where it's urban infill as opposed mm-hmm. to people being pushed out. Right, so that's why I've always liked New Haven because there's a chance for a lot of people to come together and really yeah. meet, which doesn't happen a lot. And there are a lot of very, very diverse communities. And it's also maybe college towns too, right? right. Around college towns, you have a chance for new ideas and you have people who are a little bit more open to it. I think if I grew up somewhere else, I wouldn't have the world view that mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. if I didn't live in New Haven? Yeah, absolutely. It sincerely affected my outlook in terms of, I think, being a highly empathetic person with people who don't look like me or necessarily come from the same background. You know, while it's not the melting pot of New York City subway car, um, and we could certainly do better to getting to that point, it is very well represented in terms of diversity. You know, certainly we have our challenges with the university feeling like a bubble to many, um, and even, you know, now that we have really, truly wealthy neighborhoods feeling like a bubble to others as well. There are neighborhoods that are better integrated than others. Think about transportation, right? Transportation creates neighborhoods. Highways create neighborhoods. Yep. Bus lines create neighborhoods. It's a difference between the schools that you go to, to the neighborhoods that you live in. It's infrastructure. To be able to tap into that API, right, and just see what problems each place has, that communities can take it into their own hands to just, like, fix it. You know, startups all over the world, they can look at this data and go, oh, my God, I can do so much good. I have all this information here. If I want to launch a startup, I will just look at the data. You know, I would go to the biggest city with the biggest number of people and go, what are their needs? There's probably some problems you could crowdfund there. That's obviously where my brain is going. Like, oh, my gosh. It just makes me light up inside because it's so exciting, but you need people to take the initiative and actualize themselves. It's the data and it's it's also like the being deliberate about the algorithms that you have built, right? To to get like minded people together on like minded causes who might have otherwise not gotten together and might have otherwise not solved this problem, right? Like that's the power of the internet at the local level. It can break down barriers that years of politics and bureaucracy and infrastructure have created between humans and it can destroy those things in, you know, one shared conversation and connect people in really meaningful, deeper ways that can really further the future of that community, the resilience of the community, the success of that community as it relates back to the collective aspirations of the people who really live there, right? Like Mm -hmm. at block level, not like what the people on the other side of town think of how your neighborhood should be, but you and your specific neighbors, what you think it should be, you now have the power to do that because the internet will connect you to those folks and will give you a megaphone that you never had previously.
Well, that's what I really like about your startup, too. Um, well, your business, it's not really a startup anymore. It's fully fledged and running. The fact that it brings people out of their homes and into the actual space. A lot of apps and a lot of websites just focus on people staying at home and not really connecting with their neighbors. And I think it's so important to use technology to become more human, mm. to just like not go out there chasing Pokemon, which is great. You know, you right. can, but what happens if there is a Pokemon that actually connected you to other humans? Like maybe right. you go out and find another human that you can well, talk to. Well, that was one of the wonderful things about mm -hmm. the beginning of the Pokemon experience is that like a lot of people that did not look like each other were all doing the same weird thing out in the public space and it was kind of grounding and everyone could kind of laugh at each other. Um, and, you know, it's equalizing in a way, right? It's a little bit of a social reset, which I thought was incredibly valuable. Um, I downloaded Pokemon because our friend Alex made some offhanded <laughs> comment on my Facebook wall about people Pokemoning while C-Click fixing, and then this other woman chimed in that she had just used C-Click fix, and uh, she was talking about that experience, and I said, okay. Oh, and then a journalist asked me about it, and I said, okay, I better download Pokemon. I am totally fully hooked. Um, I'm going to have to cancel it from my phone pretty soon. But, um, you know, I've looked at uh, our database for the word Pokemon now, and day one, nothing came up. Now there are tons of issues citing Pokemon. Um, <laughs> and uh, they range from, like, things like, you know, the obvious one, like, there's this person in my neighborhood who's hunting Pokemon and she's driving dangerously, right? Okay, fair. I'm glad that's a good use of the platform. Uh, to... Now that this space is being used by folks because it's a pokey stop, we should really think about cleaning it up, right? Like, all of a sudden, we care about this monument again, right? Um, uh, or um, uh, the, the people who are hunting these digital creatures are actually disrupting this part of the public space, right? And which is the overlap between this digital fiction and what's happening in the public space has like all technology, the ability to be really positive or really mm -hmm. negative, right? And so like being socially entrepreneurially minded about your algorithms back to, you know, thinking about algorithms, like you can choose to make them divide people or to reinforce existing boundaries, or you can use them to break down the boundaries. And, um, you know, for by all accounts, Pokemon for the most part, broken down some boundaries. I don't see it going the other way. So uh, that's that's been an interesting one. That's amazing. I love that. Since we're talking about technology, what is your wildest dream for it to so do? My wildest dream is that every person anywhere in the world has used the site or has felt they knew about the site and they knew that they could use it to do something that would connect them to their neighbors and their government in a way that the ultimate result would be that they would not want to leave their neighborhood, right? That the place that they were starting to get frustrated with or just wanted to make better was now the place they were going to call home, right? I think, you know, we can do that for many people. If you own a home or you live in a residential neighborhood or downtown, like, urban neighborhood, the public space is a big piece of that, right? If you're on a university campus, like, your home for that amount of time is your campus. C-Click Fix is starting to break out of just the public space and into spaces that you occupy. Um, that need to be improved um, that are maybe shared by less individuals and so um, while we initially thought it had to be limited to the public space it's really just about 
having an application that connect you can connect you to the other people who can help you improve the physical environment around it. What is public space anymore, right? Yeah. And what is private space? Right. And then, like, technically, about shared space. we're on Earth. When you really start going down to the granular, we all have this experience. We all contribute to it, and we all have some power to make it better. And I think that's why maybe places like Detroit, it's an industrial town. The business moves, and people just give up. And right. that's why Bridgeport happened. They move on, and they just go on to the new thing, whatever that right. is you know silicon valley whatever the next hot town is i think there's something to be said in rejuvenation again and looking back into your city and going wow okay so this happened what do we do now and how can we improve it and how can we bring back new businesses here how can we shift and grow and instead of moving on and looking for the better thing in life which i think a lot of people do that's the next thing right tinder culture we should just be focusing on like okay let's just make this better and see how it goes yeah digging your heels on it's just reevaluating where you are and um getting other people to see it too because you can't do it alone right you know it's like a relationship too okay we're both going to give up one person can't be like well let's try and the other person doesn't want to do it you both have to commit absolutely and it takes a whole town to rebuild itself yeah definitely definitely which is i mean from a business perspective obviously all businesses go through this but that's a huge challenge right it's a chicken and egg problem you got to bring both people to the table within relatively similar time periods right yeah where you get a kind of leaky yeah and it has a time period too so you have to do it and you have to realize um that you have to do it so i've got another question right how can everyone use your platform to improve their local community what would you tell people to do right now so if you walk outside wherever you are right now and you see something or experience something that you feel like emotionally understand that it could be better Download Seaclick Fix, take a photo of it if it's photographable, and describe the problem or the need for improvement. And let's see what happens. Let's see if your government responds. They might. It's a good chance they will. 85% chance they will. And if they don't, share it with your neighbors, share it with your government, and let them know what's going on. Have you thought about gamifying your platform so you can get like the government to react faster? So, uh, not for the sake of getting the government to respond faster the game of politics and elections handles that problem pretty well and transparency just uh is a tool for enabling that we do have civic points so you can earn civic points if you're a you know a pokemon warrior and you're into leveling up uh, you can level up on cyclic fix the top level is jane jacobs <laughs> uh, so you can be an urban warrior that's great Pokemon ties in brand incentives, right? It lets you interact with the points in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of interesting, too. If, if you get enough points, you actually become a senator. Right. <laughs> if you actually yes. get stuff done. I will tell you, so <laughs> one of our highest civic points users in New Haven is Doug Houselot, and Doug was just a regular citizen. Uh, then he became an alderman, um, partially on the back of his civic points, um, and now he's the director of traffic and parking for the city of New Haven. So... Um, it can happen. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. There's a correlation. Maybe wow. not causality, but there's definitely a correlation. Definitely a correlation. That's yeah. really cool. You started your company in three months. Yep. That's fast and furious. What advice would you give to people who are fundraising? What I would first say is that I feel like there is no typical situation for fundraising, right? Like our 
situation was that we were approached by VCs before I really had an understanding of the industry or what the impact would be and said, like, deferred the conversations for some amount of time until I was ready mm -hmm. and comfortable and understood that there was a need. What I think is repeatable, and I can say it's probably rhetoric and cliche at this point, don't take money unless you actually need to take money. And there's like, you can do something with the money, right? Because otherwise, the money will not be used well, right? And you lose a portion of your company. You do. So you, you have to give out your company. So yeah. to catch 22, where, you know, a lot of people go seek VC funds, but you end up losing a lot of control. You do, yeah. And control, and I, I think early on, control is really important. The focus should be more on control than on specific percentage ownership, right? At some point, percentage ownership does change control, 50% specifically, but also, you know, board control is important. And so there's, there's a number of things that you have to be careful of. But control is not an issue if you are doing the right things and you are the best, you and the board generally believe that and you believe that your board is you know, going to go in the right direction and your investors are going to go in the right direction. You know, our initial investors were O'Reilly Alpha Tech Ventures, which is very founder-friendly um, and is funded by Tim O'Reilly, who, you know, coined the term Gov2O and you know, one of the board members of Code for America and, like, truly believes in what we're doing. And the other is Omidyar Network, you know, which is a social enterprise focused on government transparency and participation. So, like, are any of them going to try to sell us out to become an ad network or some other thing that doesn't create good in the world? Probably not. You're going to get bought out by Pokemon, you know it. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, it's a bit of a digression, but it was fascinating to me to personally understand the need to pay in some of the um, Clash of Clans and Samurai Showdown and uh, any of these games. And Candy Crush is the same, so like where they have the the thing that you are paying for, which is novel, it has been novel in the last couple of years and has made these companies multi-billion dollar companies, is the acceleration of time, right? Which is like this thing that we take for granted but is so obviously valuable on the internet. And so they withhold playing or accelerating in the game based on time. But if you pay them money, you can jump into the future, right? And like that's brilliant. I mean that's like I mean it's so it's so like hooked to our biological clocks literally and like you know everything about humans is geared towards the fact that we're running out of time and so like these games literally allow you to accelerate it. But you know what, that's what... I don't know how to do that with Sigma This is really interesting because that brings to mind accelerators where you sometimes have to pay. It's also with schools. If you want to get in, you know, you go to Stanford and you accelerate. Right. So it's about money giving you access. That's what interests me with Fundream, we're giving access to everybody who has good ideas and really democratizing access to time and innovation. Right. Because there are a lot of people who have really amazing ideas, but if they didn't go to the right schools, they didn't make the right connections, then they're just completely shut out. Yeah. That's what I really like about C-ClickFix because it gives everybody an opportunity to participate. Yeah, for sure. We're creating a new network. I think you're doing really cool stuff, and uh, I want to let more people know that you're doing cool stuff so awesome. they can do more cool stuff because... Everybody participate in their communities. It would yeah. be amazing. Yeah, world would be better. Yeah, like we can build new schools. We can um, build new parks. Yep. And we can really take control of things that we want to see in the world. Right. I'd love to see more schools. I like to see more parks, more public spaces, more 
farmer's market just more access like there are towns that i'm just so interested in because you can do so much where there's a lot of creative people wanting to do stuff yeah that's where you want to be yeah definitely i mean i think humans are incredible animals right the more the built environment can reflect humans the better the built environment is right and like that is effectively what we're trying to build to say quick fix and we have technology to remind us that we're human and right. to connect all of us we just want to be connected we want to be part of a community right. yeah. so i think technology makes us more human yeah absolutely absolutely all right ben thank you so much for being on my podcast and have a wonderful day thank you Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dream Nation Love. It's not Dream Nation Podcast, it's Dream Nation Love because I think my single mission in life is to teach people how to love a little bit more and together we can save the world. So it's Dream Nation Love. Share it with your friends. Have a great day and go out and make the world a better place.